give me a minute. I'm uh, I'm gonna eat a taco. Okay. Before we get going, folks, if you're tuning in, just here with my close personal friend Aaron, who is uh, enjoying a taco. Now, what is the provenance of that taco? This is a it's taco heritage, from... if you will, or it's vintage. What vintage yes. of taco is yes. that? This is a taco from uh, acclaimed multi-award winning restaurant. That's with the A-N-T-E giant right. restaurante. Restaurante. <laughs> um, Jack in the Box. Ah, Chateau Jacques in the Box. <laughs> Which there, there are a plethora of in California, in Southern California in particular. There are. There um, is one in my hometown now, actually. Wow. I know. Um, no one really knew what. Well, it may it may not be there anymore, actually, because no one knew what a Jack in the Box was or why you would go to one. <laughs> so, um, sorry, I'm now here. Jack now, in the Box is big when it first started in like the fifties, I think. Mm-hmm. Its big thing was, you know, when you pull up to a drive-through and you talk to, you give your order through the speaker. Right. Their big thing was the speaker was a giant clown's head, like a jack-in-the-box clown. That's upsetting. That you would talk into its mouth. Yeah. Right. It's friendlier <laughs> that way. Yeah. Hello, like you normally kid. do if you see a clown. It kids. opens its mouth and you talk into its mouth. Kids, yell your order to the hell clown. <laughs> Request nuggets from the hell clown. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, being a creation of Southern California mm-hmm. in like the fifties, it, it does this thing that California fast food does that like other places don't do like it's a burger place, but it also has tacos, but the uh, tacos, right, cause it's, it seems ridiculous to not have tacos, right? How you it's an that? integral local food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like a restaurant in Cincinnati, not offering some form of chili. <laughs> right so um the tacos are very odd mm-hmm. they are first of all the filling I, is wait I, i'm odd. guessing that they like misunderstood some important part of the taco formula so i'm gonna guess that it's like instead of a taco shell it's just a some white bread no it is okay. some sort of corn <laughs> shell but it's not quite the right corn like it's not yellow no, yeah, it's probably it's not like, like actual proper masa. It's just it, like it's some sort of weird corn that's probably has some sort of wheat flour mixed into it because of the texture. Oh, it's, it's been a adulterated. Weird, but it gets really crispy. So they're really they're amazing. They're amazing fresh. They're amazing because they're just like science engineered tacos, but they don't resemble a real taco very much. So then you have the filling is made of some sort of soy product, so it's vegan. Okay, interesting. Um, so do you, you don't have a choice of meats? You just order, like, no, a taco? No. You just you ordered two tacos for 99 cents. Okay, I would like yeah. I would like two Jack's tacos, and there's not really... This isn't like a Taco Bell thing where it's like, well, what kind of meat do you want, or whatever. It's just like, no, we have no. one menu item, which is the taco, and it comes with what it comes with. Right. Now, they have... In the past couple of years, introduced these things called monster tacos, which are like oh, that. Uh, hmm. two thirds bigger. You're fine. There's like three different fill. You can get like a nacho cheese, and but like 
Right. They tried to be clever. They're just, it's the same taco, but bigger. And then they put like, one has a strip of bacon. One has nacho cheese and jalapenos. <laughs> and one is normal and it's just bigger. It's but just basically, like what they had lying around that they're yeah, like, well, So we- you've got this soy meat filling and then they put um, a, a slice of American cheese. And then they take mm. the whole thing and they deep fry it. This is a clever reinterpretation of a taco. Is yeah, what I'm hearing. And then it's got shredded lettuce in it and hot sauce. Hmm. Interesting. And it's it's gross and it's like an adulterated taco, like it's a bastardized taco. Right. It's like a taco, really in name only. Like it doesn't it's really like, fit the definition of a taco. It's like ultimate stoner food. Uh, oh yeah i could see that yeah. sure and so yeah. when you get them fresh there's almost nothing on this world more tasty and delicious but then when you eat them like i do where you order a bunch and you eat a few and you're like okay i'm done and you have mm-hmm. them just sitting in a bag on your counter overnight and then you and then you get a text while you're at the gas station <laughs> from your co-host that's like hey are we recording and you're like and you come home you're like man i haven't had breakfast yet so you grab these cold tacos they're not perhaps the worst kind of breakfast taco yeah they sog up a whole lot and they're not i would imagine yeah yeah i have a feeling that taco shell is not meant to maintain its structural integrity for more than like six minutes Mm -mm. yeah yeah it's it's engineered very precisely to do its job for a very short period of time now in now in Ohio in the yeah. Ohio, do it, they, yes. Do they uh, the Ohio? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God, they're they're trade. What are they trademarking? <laughs> they the? want to trademark the yes. <laughs> they're really, they're really leaning into it, and it's incredibly tedious for me to deal with as an alum up here in Michigan. Because whenever I tell anyone that oh I went to Ohio State, they're like, "Don't you mean the Ohio State?" And I'm like. No, I did not. <laughs> Jack in the Box should do that with the tacos. Right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, do you, in, 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 in Ohio, do they put chili in tacos? Um, You know, uh, no, but you can get a Cholito. Oh, what? Uh, a Cholito, which is a burrito filled with just chili and cheese, so... Imagine mm. an extremely sloppy and structurally yeah. compromised burrito. Yeah, that sounds. But to different. be fair, the 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 Cincinnati style chili would not be ideal for a taco because it would end up just sort of dribbling out. It it doesn't have a lot of. It's it's more liquidy than a typical chili. So it's like a sauce. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think you can get a chili taco salad, but yeah. Uh, we're taco poor in general um oh, no. in michigan in particular um you know most the place where people go to get tacos most frequently is probably taco bell um there you know are what? just hearing are, that makes me do in my big head a real big <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah um uh let's see there is there are some very outposts of very good tacos because there's like mexican town in downtown detroit that has authentic Mm. mexican restaurants that are very good but then uh the taco restaurant from columbus that i really like just opened like last weekend up here so and they have pretty good tacos probably the best tacos i've had outside of austin texas wow you know you just have to find 
you just have to find where like because obviously there's like mexican immigrants <laughs> right yeah there so and yeah you just gotta like and it's real creepy and it's a real white guy thing to do and some people have made their entire career off doing this but you just gotta <laughs> kind of wander around yeah and well, find the in, taco in their neighborhoods and just kind of see where they, like around lunchtime like right. there's a where are they going there's a house there's this old old town um where i where i live um in the neighboring city actually not the city i live in a city called victorville mm. and there's like an old town that was like built like in the does it have a road 20s or 30s <laughs> yeah it does it does have a few ro- roads. The horses mostly are in the, horses in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyhow, there's during from like a, 11 to 12 to, to twelve thirty or something on Fridays. There's a, there's a house there that just turns into like a pop-up taqueria and it, it's the most delicious tacos. That sounds just, great. Someone pop puts a pop-up and takes out a grill and cooks tacos in their backyard and sells them. Mm-hmm. And that's the real. That's what you really gotta find. That yeah, yeah. Because it's got to be happening. You know what I mean? These, right. These migrants didn't come all the yeah. way from Mexico to live to lead a better life in America and just like, well, I guess we don't have tacos and like they're do they're making right. tacos. You I'm, just gotta I'm, find I'm, where exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you'd think there'd be like a food truck of good tacos, but I most of the food trucks I've encountered up here are bizarre and not super. Uh, I mean, they're all like white American food, which is kind of, you know, it's just like, here's our food truck with weird interpretations of sandwiches. And I'm like, oh, that's huh. um, that's so weird, because in California, it's like every food truck is like some form of Mexican food or like gentrified Mexican food or like right, exactly. fusion Mexican food, like the big famous food truck, the the Korean tacos. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, mm-hmm. that are just a mix of Korean meat with taco. Yeah. Right. So that's that's yeah. funny how regionally it's different. You know yeah. how you can come to the chili truck. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could go in Columbus. You could go to the the Schmidt's sausage house food truck and get, you know, like a like a kielbasa or a, a bratwurst or whatever. Mm. Or and a cream puff, which is their specialty. I feel like Very you're good. playing. You're playing. Uh, you're gambling a little bit if you approach something that's called a sausage truck. This is true. <laughs> um, I just wanted to. I mean, I don't want to get into the habit of doing a lot of like follow up on this show. You know, kind of want yeah, these things that, to be a little. That puts a lot of burden on us. Yeah, and this is a a low effort, low quality podcast so yeah, that's in fact that's our guarantee it's actually yeah. in the fine print yeah we promise you to never diverge from that too much effort in <laughs> uh-uh. never gonna happen yeah. um but we talked about e people we did in the last episode and i got to thinking about uh <laughs> there's 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 like there's all these different segments well, it's right it's a spectrum Right. And I thought, you know what? We need to really name, we need to create some sort of taxonomy. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sort of jotting these down. I don't know what you think, but I think um, there's a certain type that are more into the anime and the the manga. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Things. Sorry, mm-hmm. anime. 
Anime and manga, yeah. Anime. Anime. And we're going to call those Iaboos. I like that. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, then there, there, there are the ones who are into the the video games, and particularly like uh, the Nintendo Pokemon's world. Right. And we're going to call those Iwulu. And then, uh, I mean... There's ones I don't I don't I feel like if I describe this, it's going to be insensitive. Mm. Um, <laughs> we're just going to call him Ekin. OK, yeah, we're just leave right. it at that that exists. Okay. Right. And and then ones who enjoy dressing up in uh, animal outfits um, as an expression of their their life. Mm. We're going to call fur ease. Oh, clever. I like yeah. it. Because it's like furry, but it's <laughs> with an E, a big right. capital E, fur dash E. Exactly. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I thought it was important to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> oh, wait, I didn't ask you. Do you have any? Uh, no, I, I don't have. I, mm, I haven't had a lot of time to think this week. No. <clears throat> Good, no. Bad week for thinking. Yeah, real bad. Oh boy, real bad week for being a conscious person. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, you picked a good week because if you did do a lot of thinking this week, I can guarantee it was bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I did a lot of thinking this week. Mm-hmm. It was not. Do great. you regret at least some of it? I regret most of it, to be honest. <laughs> and on Friday, I was like, you know what? I'm done with thinking. I'm just going to listen to some audiobooks. Yeah. I'm listening yeah, I to played, the, I played a video game. Yeah. <sighs> nice. I'm listening to an audiobook of um there's this show that I loved called Lark Rise to Candleford. Shout out to the you, Lark uh, Rise people. I'm sorry, what? Hmm. <laughs> it's like a period drama. Oh, like okay. Turn right. of the century England, like a uh, rural England. Right. Like a uh, so that's definitely in my wheelhouse. That's like my thing. I'm very into it. So I was like, oh, I'll read the books that these are based off of. And boy, that's just injected into my veins. I'm mm-hmm. very much into that. I just want to be like a live in a rural English village and farm and the, raise the, pigs. The, the owner of an estate on a, on a manor. Oh, no, no. I don't want to be one. Of, I don't want to be the bourgeoisie. Oh, oh no. <laughs> you want to be the peasant in the farm? Yeah. Yeah. Just the okay. peasant. Just let me leave my life. Yeah. You're the character in uh, Monty Python who's talking about being repressed. <laughs> that's t- <laughs> that's definitely me. <laughs> you can't expect to wield supreme executive power because. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So hackers, I don't know. I just didn't have a transition, and I'm really, frankly, uh, disappointed in myself for how often I say "speaking of" mm. and then moving on. Like I feel like right. it's. It's just overdone. I've done it too much. So, right. But uh, hackers are a thing. They've been a thing for some time now. Yeah. And they continue to be a thing. However, so, one quote unquote hacker <laughs> uh, did a thing. Yeah. He did a bad. He, well, I would call this a bad thing. <laughs> he did a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> we love uh, the so, thing he did, folks. We love to see it. Yeah, so he he got a custom license plate that it just says null, the word null. 
which is um, of course a reserved word in a lot of programming languages and so on. So his hope was that it would mess with the license plate reader systems that the police are now using. And uh, uh, I believe it did quite successfully. Um, But then the problem was he started to receive a lot of parking tickets because dollars uh, in parking tickets <laughs> yeah because the dmv in california would assign parking tickets that didn't have a license plate to the license plate null which was now a valid license plate so <laughs> yeah um this That's was from a weird. presentation at defcon and they have a quote from the guy who said he's i was like i'm gonna be invisible he told the crowd instead i got all the tickets so um <laughs> Oops, I guess. <laughs> I'm not sure how you get this resolved. And but, oop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's funny because he just like they the police told me to change my license plate, and I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> frankly, uh, frankly, the police were doing trying to do a fascism on it. Yep. I mean, they should figure some other way to uh either they need to ban the word null, which would be a reasonable thing, or they need to figure out some other way to signify that we don't have license plate information for this parking ticket. I like it. <laughs> it does not seem hard, you know? No. But of, but of but, course it's not the police's fault that they messed up. Yeah. It but it's it's uh, you know what? It's just a funny thing. It's a little bit of whimsy. Yeah. Uh you know, and and you need that every now and again. Mm-hmm. Speaking no. of whimsy, <laughs> moving straight away from whimsy <laughs> into fascism. So I uh, put this in here because I've been seeing little bits and pieces of it because I follow um, I, I follow uh, folks who are into the major league soccer on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And there is a bit of a what I would describe as a kerfluffle currently uh embroiling the league the major league of soccer um my understanding and i think you have a lot more detail about this but my understanding is that they've done a very dumb thing they've they did a bad thing basically they did a bad Um, thing (laughs) that they were trying to um like ban certain political symbols you know from like being on posters or whatever that people would bring into the stadium but they decided to both sides the whole thing so they banned uh, the Iron Front Three Arrows symbol, which is a symbol of anti-fascism and social democracy. Um, and they've yeah. been enforcing this ban despite um, all rationality, I guess, is what I would say. So, yeah, it's like it's like banning the peace sign, you know? Right, like, yeah. And it's like, well, some people, it's a political symbol. Yeah, it's a political uh, so symbol. Some people want it's like, nuclear what? proliferation and war and terror. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, as you know, when you walk into a major league soccer stadium, you are not allowed to have any political opinions of any kind from that point forward. And the that's best, in the fan conduct agreement. And the thing, and the and the point that a lot of so the for those who are unfamiliar with soccer, and I'm just like getting into soccer the past two years. Um and so I've really been paying attention and watching all the games and I'm supporting the LAFC. There's like a new team here that's doing really well. So it's really fun. Um, but the, the, the thing is that, that the, so every, every major league soccer uh, team has like supporters clubs, right? Yeah. Which are, 
which are almost like a, they're like officially recognized um, gangs. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not really gangs. So you know what I mean? They're like right. officially right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. groups that are like tied to the team in supporting and they do like official events and sometimes they can like reserve certain seats in some of the stadiums and you know, it's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so these clubs are like a big deal and they drive a lot of the like, the you know they help with like marketing and and stuff like that for the team and ticket sales and things like that um and the thing about soccer is that a lot of supporters clubs a lot of the people who are fans of soccer just like happen to hold um you know a anti-fascist worldview mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that that just it's like a long history like a lot of the um early antifa movements back in the early days were actually like soccer clubs in like the the 80s in yeah. england for instance so it, it was just like there's already a unit of people organized around a thing and then like you know their politics aligned and there was like a lot of like fascist people trying to like use events to spread their message and they were like hold up so right. it's kind of like well, a i want to say tradition. I want to say that I'm surprised that Major League Soccer would not embrace this and instead attack it, but I'm not surprised because what little I know about Major League Soccer is that they've been messing up Major League Soccer for basically 20 (laughs) years or so. And like the only thing responsible for Major League Soccer not being more popular is basically Major League Soccer. Like They're just constantly shooting themselves in their own feet. Yeah, yeah, and wow. there and and it really is a problem and they they just make whenever they have a decision to come to it's very consistently they make like the worst decision as yeah. far as I as as I so can tell. The and way the this was manifested that, yeah um was that it, um at an Atlanta United game uh this was uh last week actually there were uh, several fans who got kicked out because they defied the ban um and then they uh received correspondence that said they would be banned for three games and that before they could then come back to any games, they would have to, they would be required to complete an online fan code of conduct awareness class, which takes four hours and costs $250 uh, as well as um, a letter of apology and a letter requesting reinstatement to the stadium. Um, Interesting in this letter that they were sent to them was that it doesn't actually tell them like, what their meant what their offense was what they're meant to apologize for so yeah uh it, this is i mean it's just malpractice <laughs> and it's really stupid because the whole thing they're trying to say is we just want to keep politics out of this but which is the mls like a- any like any other sports organization in america is always constantly doing political stuff. They're yeah. constantly having like army day and we're going to sell special army jerseys and well, team now, apparel wait, with hang camouflage. On, wait minute, wait, hang <laughs> on. That's not political. How dare oh. you politicize the troops? <laughs> yes. How dare I? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous in, in uh, this, in the year of our Lord 2019 to say, Oh, uh, we just want to keep politics out of it. And it's like, Oh, that's a, yeah, that's definitely a thing we can do. Yeah. Like everything is political now. Everything's and that's political. just how it is. Yeah. Get used to, you know, a, a thought technology that I use a lot that I think makes a lot of people uncomfortable when I describe it to them. But I think it, 
makes sense is that put yourself in 19 late 1920s 1930s germany mm-hmm. and there and you did the same thing right you said oh and, well, we don't want to looking back would we yeah. say that person was doing the right thing yeah, yeah. almost if, certainly if not. a bunch of sports <laughs> fans were like you know bringing in a bunch of anti-hitler anti-fascism stuff mm-hmm. in in germany as hitler and the nazi party were rising looking back at that would be like oh how brave right how good that they were doing that mm-hmm. and it's only in stuck in our current <laughs> if we right. divorced everything from history and from from any other context that we're like well that's bad that's that's being political and that's not what we want everything's right. polit- and in light of everything that's going on in the world <laughs> it's it's so they should stupid. be thankful this is so easy for them because anti-fascism is broadly popular and fascism is not. They should be thankful that their fans are anti-fascists and not fascists. Like, right. Uh, instead, they don't want to embrace this. Like they, they could, they really could run with this, but they don't want to. But, and I don't get it because it's like, it, it's a perfectly good and decent thing. More people should yeah. be anti-fascists. Yeah, this is definitely not a problem. So, but what's cool is has been watching the games and seeing all the supporters in the stands just fully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going yeah. No against this, and everyone's. It's like now there's like just the stadium's just full of of uh, Iron Front symbols. Right. This is the opposite fingers. of the intended effect. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I'm. I will bet we will see more of that today mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. as, as games happen. So that's exciting. And I hope MLS freaking gets its crap together. Uh, they should, um, they should put me in charge or you. Yeah. But maybe they, maybe they know something because, you know, according to our dear president, we're going to maybe anti Antifa is going to be, uh, Oh, declared hmm. a, uh, terrorist organization. Yeah. <laughs> Now you shared with me this other article uh, speaking did. of fascism <laughs> that, that, that uh when, as soon as i Cre- saw this creeping fascism in america watch as soon as i saw this i thought did somebody just like dial into my brain and search rummage around for like an article that would be specifically written for me right like that's a, t- incredible talk about, talk about targeted advertising <laughs> And the name of the title, the name, like all I needed to see was the headline, like mm-hmm. the title of the article and the picture adjoining it. And I was like, right. Yep. I just, all of a sudden I saw that and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's called, I hate these chairs. Yep. And it's a chairs picture. Of, now, how would you describe these chairs? Uh, well, it describes them as metal bistro chairs. Um, they're the, you know, they're like, uh, they're, they're the metal chairs that, um, they've got like two parts. There's like the bottom part, which oftentimes is just a stool and it's yeah. just like a single piece. And then there's like a back part that's welded to it and it's all metal. There's no cushioning of any kind. There's not really any armrests. Uh, the back is at a weird angle and yeah. Um, yeah. The back like they're heavy because they're metal. Yeah, they're supposed to cradle you, but they they would only ever cradle you if your body was in a very specific shape. Right. <laughs> Which but this is, I don't um, have. 
Right. But this is a this is a new thing. Uh, this is I feel like tangential to minimalism because these are very minimalist chairs and that they have no adornment of any kind. And then you put them in your minimalist restaurant like, uh, you know, like these chairs would not be out of place at, at a Chipotle or right. similar kind of thing. Right. Where you don't have any you all have all hard surfaces. You know, this is a, a picture of in the article is of these chairs at a like wooden plank table. And uh, yeah, I guess this is just the design aesthetic of the moment, and it's deeply uncomfortable and it's bad. <sighs> I'm so sick of this this aesthetic, and I'm sick of these chairs because the problem with them, like, first of all, they're so poorly designed because the legs are like sheet metal. Yeah. So they yeah. they're not they're not like perfectly straight. Like they they're right, easily they get. Out bent and they splay a little bit and even just a little bit on like a flat surface now your chair rocks yeah that's how you end up with a wobbly chair yeah yeah and they're all wobbly yeah. i've never seen one of these it's not wobbly right and, they well, started... and they're usually used outside on uneven ground anyway so yeah i guess it's just man i hate these chairs yeah these chairs are bad these chairs are canceled actually that's what i'm saying now no more you are not allowed i, I am banning these chairs you were banned from the server. Yes. We're we're just full of segments today. Everything's a segment. Everything is a segment. Yes. <laughs> this segment is uh the swear police are mad at Trump. Yeah, if I were to ask you what you think the most problematic thing about Trump would be, you would obviously say that he does cusses sometimes, right? Um frankly, it's below the dignity of his office and that he says a cuss. And well, yeah, when he says a cuss, that's that's how we we know that yeah. um, we have the worst president in the history of presidents mm -hmm. because I mean, of his foul, uses, foul language. He, he takes the Lord's name in vain. I would say his language is for the birds. Yeah, honestly, uh, he can frick right off is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, because I'm so tired of this shiz. Yeah. So this is uh, this is some West Virginia state senator who said he received three calls from residents of his district who were um, complaining that Trump was using uh, naughty language. He was using adult words, and they didn't like that. Sir, um, do something, sir. Right, exactly. Um, so uh, he apparently sent a letter to Trump telling that uh, telling him to uh, knock knock it the frick off. So yeah. Jeez, um, please quit it. Yeah. Gosh so, darn it. This is um this is rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, isn't it? <laughs> it really it's just of all the things. This is how I know he's broken us. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> sir. Sir. Of Would all you presidential language, sir. I mean the the dude. The president has like a third grade reading level. So what do you expect? I yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just, I, I, it, did you, did you, how come the, he, this is now? How come now? How come now? How, how come now? Why? I don't know. How it's been how long? 40 years we've had him as president. <laughs> sure feels <laughs> and, like it. And they never wrote him a letter before that. Right. They never yeah. wrote him a letter when he was running. They never wrote him a letter the first year. They never they never wrote him a letter, you know, when he when he, he well, called I, things. It's got it's just countries. now gotten bad enough. 
they it reached their very specific threshold. Sir, I wonder, sir. I, sir, you have tried my patience, and I have reached my limit. <laughs> I bet they have at their house um, one of those like thermometers that you like color in, mm. like that you would use for like right, maybe donations or something. Fundraiser, or, yeah, yeah. But they're like filling it in for the swears, mm-hmm. and then it reaches the certain the certain level, and it's like. All right. Gotta call got it him. in. <laughs> call it. <laughs> He's done now. He's done too many swears. He's officially canceled. Yep. No, this is I mean, this is just like of all the things that you could or should write a letter to the president about objecting about, like this is literally the very bottom of the list, I would say. Cheapers creepers, folks. Yeah. Get with it. Icarumba. <laughs> Um, I have started watching, so, so Star Trek, Star Trek is going to do a Picard show. It is. And I'm excited about it because he's probably the best character. Yeah, he's really great. I'm excited about it. I grew up watching the next generation. That was like a family thing we'd watch every week. Mm. Um, real big into it. I haven't watched it since it originally aired. Right, which is so, some time ago now. So, and I saw the trailer for this Star Trek Picard, and I'm not like one of those people, you know those people who like watched The Simpsons or they watched Star Trek and they remember everything that happened in it? Right. I'm not. I just remember an overall general good feeling and some mm-hmm. of the things that happened, but I don't remember everything. So I was like, you know what? I I don't recognize anything that's happening in this Picard trailer. Like I recognize right. faces and themes. Yeah. Why is he in a vineyard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't remember there's something about that. Well, Shouldn't I better he be in space? To- What's going on here? Wait a minute. Hang on. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I better go back and watch that. Objection. <laughs> so I got on the Netflix and I went and I started watching um, Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like in season one. I'm probably about halfway through it. Okay. And my, I just wanted to report on it because mm-hmm. it's fun everyone should do this but also i forgot it's 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 so cheesy it's so oh, bad it's yeah. so cheesy that's definitely <laughs> a hallmark of star trek series is that they're pretty cornball <laughs> like i'm sure it gets better cuz that's what everyone tells me like oh yeah the first season is really bad mm-hmm. but it's also funny how many of the like formative important episodes and things that i did remember were the first season and they're like big stories like oh hey data has a brother i thought they would have waited till like season three or four to pull that one out i think that would have been right yeah it's like (laughs) they're playing all their best cards early (laughs) yeah it's like and and what's crazy about the show is you have brent spiner and patrick stewart um among other people but like they're like tremendously amazing actors and they're in these cheesy as heck things and have to say these cheesy lines, but they deliver them so well. And it's know, so yeah. it's so um, off putting in it's like more off putting because it reveals the cheesiness of it because right, like, it's oh, almost well, I can, too good. You're I can like, see what quality is, but the rest of all the thing, the set dressing and everything surrounding this is just not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the, the style of things, the 80s-ness, late 80s-ness of it, it's just chef's kiss. I'm enjoying it very much. 
And it also, I think, is a good thing to watch in this day and age because it like imagines a future that's not a bleak dystopian future, mm-hmm. which I think we really need right now. <laughs> right. Because the other start, the new Star Treks have gotten dystopian and they they suffer from post 9-11 brain rot. yeah i mean the whole new star trek cinematic universe is very much like that right because yeah. it's like what if everything went very badly wrong and it's like yeah okay yeah <laughs> no I, I mean i i guess maybe this is why i don't watch movies a whole lot this anymore but i feel like i'm just sort of fatigued with that general direction that it's like we can't i don't know that's all we can conceive of now yeah everything's the con- the conflicted anti-hero or the right <clears throat> things are more complicated you know yeah there's no like clear good and you know what going back and watching these cheesy star treks it's like you this makes me happy and i can now begin to think of a world where that's better than this and that makes me feel good so mm-hmm. i adjure everyone to go watch it it's on Netflix and it's right. in HD. It's in 720p. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's now, not widescreen. Is it a good uh, transfer to HD? Because I was trying to watch a uh, Ken Burns program mm-hmm. and whomever did the like copying of that from the original format to HD, mm-hmm. it's terrible. It's unwatchable. Oh, no. Like the, it's just bad. It looks like a 480p YouTube video. I don't understand what the deal is. <sighs> Why? I don't, no, I don't is, know what they did, but this yeah, is really they need good. to go back and redo it. <laughs> this is good really good. Yeah, I, I have watched some episodes of it here and there, but, uh, you know, we would never, um, it was off the television by the time I was a child, and then, you know, reruns played on cable, but we didn't have cable, so mm-hmm. I, mostly I'm surprised that Netflix has never once recommended this to me, because it should know better. <laughs> yeah, it um, seems like seems like it would be something you'd be... You'd oh, absolutely, be. yeah. Yeah, well, I want to hear, I mean, aside from now, I know we're recording this show, but I really want to hear your thoughts when you watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited. I'm excited for you. Yeah. The the first, the first, like the first episode has Q, which is this amazing character. And it's like crazy to me to remember like, oh, they just like, like through everything in the first, like they don't like ramp up to like explaining the holodecks. There's like episode four. There's like a, uh, gumshoe 1940s crime thing mm-hmm. holodeck thing like that's wild that's wild so um but you know and then i don't know i haven't gotten to any borg yet so i'm pre-borg oh okay yeah so yeah. i'm waiting i'm waiting for interesting the borg are interesting um S- speaking of the borg uh-huh. um there's been a uh um, awareness of um, a thing that Amazon has been doing lately, which is that they've been basically paying some of their uh, fulfillment center workers like to be that. a Twitter army, basically. They call them fulfillment center ambassadors. Um, oh. And they're kind of like the Borg. Um, <laughs> it's really weird, the details of it. Um <laughs> Basically, if you ever tweet anything negative about like Amazon's working conditions or whatever, you can expect to have at least one of these people like up in your menchies. Um, and I saw one thread that was of like a person getting uh, replied to by like several different accounts. It was utterly bizarre. 
Oh no! Uh, it was like a it was like a huge attack. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like, details have emerged, sort of, about how these accounts are run. That like these accounts regularly change, like their profile pictures and their names and biographies or whatever. Someone found that one was just using a stock photo as a profile picture, which is questionable. Um, there's a link I put um, in the show notes, the Twitter link, um, which is uh, this guy found um, a tweet that's nominally from someone named uh, Raphael, uh, who appears to be male, but the tweet is um, so excited for Amazon Family Day at my site this weekend. I can't wait to, br- wait to bring the grandkids by for a visit so they can see their Nana at work. <laughs> and it's just, it's very it's very weird. Um, they've been using it to basically spread like anti-union propaganda and talking points. And it's just weird. Um, I guess they're just paying a bunch of their fulfillment center employees to do PR for them on a massive scale. And it's really, really bad. And, um, but I'm, I kind of, you know, this is the textbook definition of astroturfing basically, but this is like done really, really poorly. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of good because I think it will make other companies that might have thought to do something like this sort of think twice because like this just looks extremely stupid for Amazon. Like it's just the and dumbest possible the point, and way the to go about it, this. It's not working. Like it No, it's not. Yeah. They, they've just like handed ammunition to their opponents. Like and they so and they've they've paid people to do this. <laughs> right. They're not winning anybody's hearts and minds. And when someone does chime in and say, oh, I, I love it at my uh, fulfillment center, it's like, you are quite literally being paid to say that. So, I mean, yeah. This like, if my favorite, you're an Amazon my... fulfillment center employee and you get on your Amazon fulfillment center ambassador Twitter and say, actually, you know, it kind of sucked today. Like, they're just going to walk you out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> That's what so... they should do. We should have like a mass rebellion. I want to see it. Yeah, I want I want one of these accounts to be like, you know what? Actually, it sucks here, and I hate it. So, the 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 thing that has emerged from this though is people because they all follow all these accounts follow a um sort of naming scheme where they'll put their first name and then they'll put dash Amazon FC ambassador and an emoji of a box. So now people have just been putting that in their Twitter bios. I actually think that's probably what yours should be for this upcoming should week. Should be a- a- Amazon FC ambassador box. We no, it should be Aaron dash Amazon FC ambassador box emoji. Gotcha. Yeah. Let me just actually change that right now so that I right. don't forget. I, and also, I just my fa- I wanted to read my favorite one, mm-hmm. which comes from uh, Hannah dash Amazon FC ambassador box. Okay. Um, Amazon FC Hannah. I suffer from depression too, and at one point I wanted to quit Amazon, but I realized it was my fault for the problems I was dealing with. And not Amazons. I'm allowed to talk to people, but sometimes I don't want to. Now I have some great coworkers to pass the night with. Um, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> There's no way that was written by a human. Yeah, no, that's that's like just sad. That's very sad. <laughs> I've realized that uh, it's my own fault for being sad, and I should just get over it. <laughs> like it's, it's it's dystopian it's very bad I, I don't i mean yeah like like you said this is just backfiring massively for amazon like no one is convinced that their working conditions are good in fact i think probably more people are convinced that they're actually pretty bad 
given yeah. that they have to literally pay their employees to say nice things. So when you that, have to pay your employees to say nice things about you, if you have to pay your employees to be reply guys, like you should reconsider some aspects of your business strategy. Yeah. Speaking of reconsidering aspects of business strategy, <laughs> paying your employees. Yeah. Um, you are aware of the Gizmodo family of sites, formerly the Gawker family of sites. Yes. Um, we link to it a lot on here. I think we especially like Splinter um, and Deadspin, some of their sites. They are, um, they have the thing that appeals to me about the Gizmodo Media Group sites is that they don't care that much about like reputation, whether it be their own or the reputation of the people that they're reporting on and whether they'll hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. And they so, let the writers have a voice. They're not, yeah. they don't, aren't, aren't expected to be subsumed into a one generic voice. You right. Know. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, Gizmodo Media Group, which was formerly owned by Univision, has since been sold to a private equity firm, um, Great Hill Partners, more like, more like Sucks Hill. Um, yeah, they've installed this dude, uh, Jim Spanfeller, hereafter Sim Jamfeller. Why? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Spim, Spim Janfeller. Um, so he used to be an executive of Forbes, well known for their excellent journalism. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, he's been basically screwing the whole thing up like massively. Um, he tried to uh, kill a story from Deadspin writers about like his leadership. That's one of the things, too, is that the, um, the Gizmodo sites frequently report on themselves, which is always interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and Private equity people, uh, Mr. Uh, Janfeller here, uh, doesn't like that. So he tried to kill that story, and it didn't work. It They did it anyway. But um, there's also weird stuff with editorial, like um, uh, Spanfeller reviewed the coverage of Lexus with the editor-in-chief of Jalopnik, the car-focused website, to ensure that its stories did not discourage a luxury automaker from advertising with the sites. So that's great. Um and then, yeah, so it's just been very bad. The sales team, I guess, is being pressured to just sell a lot of stuff. So I'm expecting eventually they'll just have a ton of ads on um, these sites. And um, they've also told Deadspin, which is the nominally sports website, to stick to sports, which is um, honestly some of its best writing is not sports related. Yeah. So yeah. the editor-in-chief of Dead the Deadspin site uh, resigned, I think, yesterday. Um and uh, it apparently was somewhat acrimonious because there's a whole article in the Daily Beast um, where she, quote, rails against bosses. Um, it says that, uh, let's see, they among many grievances, the leadership refused to guarantee editorial independence for Deadspin and asked for the site to, quote, unquote, stick to sports. Um, and then, uh, let's see, they basically asked her to make a commitment to the company or whatever, but never said what they actually mean, meant Pledge by that. Pledge to us. Yeah, exactly. As your new lord. Um, and then um, there's just other things that have been happening lately. I'm trying to find the details here. Oh, there's a new employee handbook that came out on Thursday. A, a draft of it came out. So an important thing to know is that the Gizmodo Media Group is unionized. Um, but uh, new private equity owners don't seem to 
either know this or care about this. So they put out this handbook that declares that the company can search employees' personal vehicles, parcels, purses, handbags, backpacks, briefcases, and lunchbox, review all electric communications made on company property, and disclose those messages to others if the company deems it appropriate. Um, also allows the company to access reporters' tweets and bars employees from using encrypted email programs. So none of these things are actually, I think, actually happening because the union contract wouldn't allow them to, and it's very weird. But then also, they've apparently decided to run the company like it's middle school. Um, there's an attendance policy and a dress code now. You have to arrive between 9.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. and are required to wear smart casual attire. No offensive logos, no sweatpants, exercise pants, Bermuda shorts, short shorts, biker shorts, mini skirts, beach dresses, midriff tops, or halter tops are allowed. So this is this is all becoming extremely triggering to me. For isn't reasons, it just the dumbest for possible reasons thing? I cannot disclose. This on is this podcast. This is extremely stupid because I don't know. It's obnoxious that they put a guy in charge of the company who has no idea like what it actually does. He's just completely lacking knowledge. Right. And he's going to run the whole thing into the ground and it's going to make me very sad. Um, like I'm already pre-sad. It, it, they're just slowly crushing this website um, with just the most inane, stupid bullshit possible. Why do people buy things only to destroy them? Like, what is that? What is well, that? They're like because you extract value from them in the meantime. Liberalism. Yeah, basically. Speaking of liberalism, uh the one of one of the administration's goons yep. has has been uh on one lately. Oh, he's uh, been on a real one. My goodness. I think I believe his name is uh Kun Kenshinuli. Yeah, sounds right. Oh, that sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> Ken Cuccinelli. Uh, he's mm-hmm. got a face that looks like he was per- like handcrafted to be in some sort of government. Yeah, position. a little bit. Like he just looks like he should be in government right. somewhere. He looks like your typical clueless government moron. Yeah, yeah. like just just store brand government. Right. Like apparat chick, yeah. So he started, but he has you know, a, he has some thoughts, and you know I don't want to go over this too much because like I feel like everybody else has. Um, but basically, what happened was on NPR he was being interviewed and he defended the administration. This is NPR to deny green cards if you mm-hmm. at, at any point use government programs. Right. The point of government programs, as we all know, is that you are not supposed to use them. Right. Like it should be. Yeah. The the, The government (laughs) provides these services to its people so that they cannot use them. Yeah. No, government programs are essentially just honeypots for the bad people. Right. That's how you sort them out. That's how you, you know, the weed from chaff kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the new plan is you can't get a green card if you've used these programs because you are you're a leech right. <laughs> according to you're them a, you're a public charge <laughs> which is such a dickensian phrase like yeah. it's these people, it's very clinical yeah. <laughs> it, it's very it's almost like robocop or whatever you you have become a public charge yeah so this ken yeah. cuccinelli mm-hmm. was just saying that uh 
he, they, they asked him, you know, well, what about now? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They said, well, what about this, the poem on the Statue of Liberty? You got, mm -hmm. you know, on Statue of Liberty, you got Emma Lazarus's get, uh, give us your tired, your poor, your hollow masses yearning to be free mm -hmm. um, on the Statue of Liberty. And everyone always brings that up when they're talking with with conservative people on immigration. Right. Now, I just want to step back and say, stop. Mm. <laughs> this is not mm. a tactic. Because right, this poem is not law. Right, they don't. It, it is an ideal, poem. but you know, yeah. there's lots of ideals out there, and we don't all share the same ideals. Exactly, but. and and so it's just kind of a dumb argument. Mm -hmm. uh, there's lots of better arguments, but anyhow. But the problem is, this guy was honeypotted into <laughs> making putting his own foot in his mouth yeah. by this. Like it worked in this case, but we're saying do not attempt to try this again because yeah. it may Don't not work next again. time. Yeah. yeah. And but he totally stepped in it and was like, Well, you know, give me your tired, your poor, you can stand our own two feet and will not be a public charge. And then he's like that the plaque was put there uh for uh, Europeans. Right. That's what they, that's yeah. what they were talking about at the time. He's, he said the plaque was put on the Statue of Liberty at almost the same time as the first public charge law was passed. Very interesting time, which is that sounds like a tweet from a complete moron, right? <laughs> it's like, very oh, very interesting. It's like, no, it's not. Those uh, okay. The first correlation does not imply causation or anything like that either. <laughs> it's so like, it's just <laughs> it's just like a total Felix Biderman really makes you think. Right, exactly. <laughs> Like, so, yeah, apparently, actually, the Statue of Liberty said that, uh, you know, um, $200 to enter, basically. You know? <laughs> Stop at Ellis Island and pay the toll, I guess, is what he's saying. Um, yeah, give. Uh, in fact, the section heading I have is give me your money, your rich, your financially independent masses. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is nonsense. Um, and he sort of revealed that uh, I, they know that there's not really a moral justification for what they're doing. So they just have to make stuff up. And uh, so he did. He, he made something up here and it's patently ridiculous. And the thing so. is that they never argue on them. This is the thing that drives me nuts about this stuff, because they never argue argue on the merits or the morals or the ethics. Of yeah, they're it. always changing the framing of like the question, the underlying discussion yeah. why well, you know actually and and no one and this is what's also frustrating because no one in the media ever challenges them when they come back with this annoying yeah uh, they come back with that and then, you know man. it's like they're just like huh interesting <gasps> huh. how dare you or yeah or then, they, you, then, like, how then, dare? You ask, then you ask the media people later and they say well we just think that their remarks should speak for themselves we don't want to challenge anybody we just want to let their the things they say speak for themselves. Whether they're racist like, oh, or okay. not, we'll let you decide. That's definitely the job of the fourth estate is to not actually hold anybody to account, <laughs> but just to ask them some questions. <laughs> and just, it, it's just really the whole thing is frustrating. And it's and it's unnerving to me because underlying all of can this. I say what my it, frustration has been this whole week, like well, yeah. really for a long time, but particularly and acutely this whole week is just how bad everyone has been at doing the things they're supposed to do, whether it be politicians or journalists or tech companies or whatever. Everyone's yeah. just screwing it up massively, like on purpose. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> and it's, I feel like I'm going insane. <laughs> it's you, you know, you hate to see it. 
everybody is spinning out of control and and there's no excuse for it it's like it's uh, that's just all flailing wildly as the planet slowly boils (laughs) but you know what i will have to say that at least some of us are brave Mm. and honest enough to admit that we have no idea what we're doing that thank you thank you that is what we're here. We're here to be honest and say that we actually don't know what we're doing and we're not trying to pretend that we do. So, uh, because honestly, the the only thing worse than someone who doesn't know what they're doing is someone who doesn't know what they're doing but loudly insists that in fact they do. And you know what? I think that's a good note to end on. <laughs> yep. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day. And I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing.